All right. Thank you all for tuning into another episode of Heart on Fire podcast. I am your host, Marie Cuisan, aka Maui, and I'm here with my lovely guest, Timothy. Woo! Let's go. I know I could go on and on about introductions, but I would like to just hear it from Timothy's perspective. So enough me saying third party. Um, Tim, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit more? Uh, Sure. Um, Maui, thank you for having me on. Um, My name is Timothy LaForce. Um, New actor to the industry. Um, I'm also um, a talent scout for mannequin talent agencies. Um, And... um, you know, I'm st- I'm still navigating this industry um, as a new actor. I think I'm not I'm not doing too bad, but um, let's see. I'll start with uh, graduated high school in 2008 at a Royal Grande High School. Um, I I had I worked at Men's Warehouse for like six months, and then Jersey Mike's. Then I joined the military in 2009. The wait, US wait, Army. you joined the military? Was that by your own volition? Or were you encouraged by, say, supportive people in your community? Uh, let's see. I was encouraged by, um, like, financial reasons. Got it. <laughs> um, the two thousand eight, the two thousand eight crisis kind of um, hurt a lot of people. And um, let's see. I just got over a, a bout of shingles. Believe it or not, I was nineteen years old wow. and got shingles. That's yeah. crazy. Um, what the doctor say so, about that? Uh, let's see. Well, doctor said it wasn't um, entirely rare for young people to get shingles, mm. but at that point in time, I was like, you know what? I think I might need health insurance. Hmm. <laughs> and I hear so that. I, I, <laughs> it ain't and cheap. so I was like, how do I how do I get this health insurance? And you know, my mom giggled. <laughs> She's like, yeah. She's like, it's not cheap. <laughs> right right 19 years old and you start asking these questions and and uh i mean i'm glad i was 19 and started asking these questions versus like 25 or 30 like hey that's a thing um but but not that this is your journey (laughs) right so and and then i enlisted in the army um i was an infantryman um my first duty station was uh over in germany one fells where i played um opposition forces which is like the bad guy for ourselves and in germany it's not just for the u.s army like you fight against you fight against them gosh like the rest of the world like all european forces that are over there would come to our base and they would train um and we trained in a variety of different um as far as like emulating different types of enemies we would emulate like korean forces or russian forces and obviously, we wouldn't be labeled as such. We would be labeled as a benign character. Um, what was that um, like being in that kind of training? Um, as a soldier, you get to see, especially when you're fighting your own forces, like you're fighting other American forces, you get to see standard operating procedures from the perspective of the enemy, the enemy's eye. So you get to see why we do what we do in um in austere environments um you also get to see how other countries do what they do Hmm. um some of my favorite countries um i've fought against and fought with 
as far as in these training environments and in Afghanistan, um, like the the British forces, they their their way of fighting as, as infantrymen is um, similar, but there's some some stark differences. So like we we patrol pretty much the same. Um, a lot of our our, our TTPs uh, are like very similar, except when it comes to like fighting, actual fighting. Um, in the U.S. Army, we push troops to the front. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're saying RTTPs, uh, just to enlighten the rest of us that don't know what that stands for. Uh, techniques, tactics, and procedures. Sorry. Um, oh, TTPs. Okay, my mistake. Yes, exactly. There yes. <laughs> um, and uh, so, like, we focus on putting men to the front of the battle. And in, like, the British forces, as some of the units that, that we experienced, I experienced, um, they push equipment and only if um, men fell out would be push would we would they push other men to the front mm -hmm. um, so it was very interesting to watch the the logistical differences with that um, uh, we even fought you know and trained with like the current the Ukrainians um, that are wow. that are now fighting against Russia um, we trained them um, well, we train them to fight Afghan um, forces. We also train them to fight similar Russian forces or European forces. So we, we would emulate the best we can as far as um, what we thought what those enemy forces would do. Um, and as opposition forces, you, you live how the enemy lives. So if we're emulating, let's say, Afghan... Afghan uh, forces or enemies, mm -hmm. which are not just Taliban. There's a variety of different types of enemy forces over there to include just regular civilians who really aren't classified as bad guys, just like here in the United States. They're really not just bad guys. So um, they they are, I guess you would classify them as, as lone wolves because um, mm -hmm. they're the hardest to predict, but they're also the ones with they can either be a one-off, a trigger, or they could have been planning something for a long time. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so as as Americans emulating let's, um, those forces, we would live how they would live. Um, we would build our weaponry just like they would. And um, it would be like anywhere between two weeks to 30 days in the field a, living in this in these environments. So now you're Germany is a bit more northern than most of the United States. So like Oregon and Washington, Minnesota, Wisconsin, all of them would be like the similar environments in like the winter and summertime. I see. That's yeah. I mean, you know, I, I know it's a choice of language of saying enemy and it. I, I just almost feel like opposition, whether, you know, people kind of view it because it, it's hard to see and hear when people are at war. You know, we don't. We don't know always the whole story and we don't want to say that someone's a winner or a loser, you know, as much as we look at sports games kind of in that fashion. But, you know, like whatever it is, uh, you know, we hope that things get resolved. You know, probably most firefights in Afghanistan, especially the last decade, there really wasn't like a winner. It would just 
the, the firefight would just end mm-hmm. because not all the time could we. So, you know, probably a considerable amount were just mortar rounds and rockets launched at U.S. forces. And those can be put on timers. So not all the time there's going to be people where these things would be launched from because um, we have devices that detect um, cl- within like 10 meters of where something is launched from. And we can do that pretty quickly, like seconds. We can figure this out. Um, and so when we, we would have our, our scanning devices to go look in those areas, oftentimes there's nobody there. So, and, and that it, you can classify it as like a firefight, but it's more of just um, um, indirect fire. Um, well, that's, te- that's the technical term is indirect fire. But when it's the way the way um, the way these forces do fight, though, is like hit and runs. I'm, I'm sure you you're familiar with like tactic hit and run. Um, I mean, I, because, I'm familiar that it exists. Right, right. So um, I, I I don't know why I'm lost for words, um, but so they're outnumbered, they're outgunned. And we have technology on our side. We have manpower on our side and firepower on our side. Okay. Um, but what's hard to react to, um, it doesn't matter like how much, how many people anyone has. I mean, um, we've, we've got tons of movies in cinema that show that, that this is still, and it will forever be a, a, a big tactic against a big, big force or technologically advanced force. Um, or is like the hit and run tactic is four or five guys set up an ambush, um, ambush the unit, and then they skedaddle out of there. Mm-hmm. So they try and, and, and get as many casualties to the unit that they're attacking, whoever they are. And then minutes, they, they try and get out of there. And our job as the, the force being attacked is to fix the target. When we, when we say fix the target, um, meaning we prevent them from moving or leaving or advancing. So, and we use, we use um, combined, combined um, fire. So you got your machine guns, you got, if you have mortar men with you, you, you start launching mortars if you can, if you need to, um, depending yeah. on the type of ambush. And most of the ambush that they would do, especially when I was there would be um, complex and long range ambushes because um, the complex part would be like they would use an RPG, a rocket, or an IED to initiate the contact to stop our movement. And these and are all weaponry be, on different levels. Right. Okay. Right. And then they would be at a longer range because at longer ranges, it's just harder for anyone to get uh, rounds on, or effective um, rounds on target. So, um, and uh, this that increases their survivability and a lot of the times they're not doing it to to kill any of us they're doing it to um they're usually video recording it that's why you see a lot of these images these videos online you can still find them on youtube and other um, applications of u.s forces being attacked is because they're recording these to get funding for their own for their own little network they're showing whoever's in charge of them. Hey, look, we are effective. We need more people. We need more money so we can do this. 
So how much uh, of your time, you know, thank you for your service, you know, first and foremost, but uh, I appreciate that. Absolutely. It goes without uh, saying, but I just said it. But beyond that, how much of uh, your life have you dedicated, you know, to serving uh, your country? Um, I like to say ever since I joined the military and I learned the power of serving others, um, I still serve. But my official service to the government and to the people of the United States was ended in 2017. Um, Yes. And then from there, I was an insurance agent. Um, I Wait, left what was the insurance. That like? You go from, you know, serving your country and then all of a sudden you become an insurance agent. I'm sorry. That you, just seems you know, like a very interesting it, contrast. Well, so a lot of the so it was um, I, I went and worked for an insurance company and the person who owned the agency was a veteran himself. Um, mm. And I, I really liked his story and I do feel it, not feel, but I do believe people, people need that, that product. Um, and I felt that I could be effective as, as in finding the, it was business to business as well. So I felt that I could be an asset to other companies and Mm -hmm. get them these, these packages. Um, but after I think it was like four or five months, it really, I, I discovered it really wasn't um, an industry for me. Hmm. I have no problem talking to people. I have no problem uh, creating those relationships. Yeah. I just felt too inauthentic um, and too controlled as far as like, I guess, corporate rules go as far as insurance goes. Okay. And so I left that industry and then I find, I found myself not long after that. Oh gosh, probably two months after that, I was in private security. Um, okay. And a few months after getting hired by a security firm, I was back overseas doing um, high threat security. Wow. That is quite a resume. Uh, if I could say so, starting from the top of the <laughs> top of the call to now. Um, you know, uh, so you go from, you know, serving your country to insurance agent to private security. Now, how do you transition from that to being in the entertainment industry? <laughs> so, you know, going back to playing the bad guy for the U.S. military, um, for, and I did that for like two, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that alone, you have to, you actually have to incorporate actual acting skills. And, you know, back in high school, I was, I was in theater um, and I really, I really enjoyed um, theater and we did, you know, we we did the, like the basic stuff as far as what I guess most school theater projects do. They do some Shakespeare, they do some musicals Um, uh, for the most part. And our theater class, we also did our own stuff too. Our, our teacher taught us how to produce some of our own, um, I guess, theatrical productions. And so mm-hmm. we got to learn a lot of the backstage stuff, how to do lighting, electrical, how to build your, your sets. Yeah. Um, a lot of that really interested me. And then obviously I left, I left high school and continued on with life. But in the, you in the military- high school. 
Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. Good. Graduate high school. I Semantics. Like, Sorry. I just want to clarify. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so in the U.S. military, um, playing the playing a professional op four, right? There are three, I think there are three units, um, Fort Irwin, California, um, Fort Polk, Louisiana, uh, I think. And then you said Hohenfels, Germany. Those are like the three main bases where units will go to do these, these trainings. And let's see, um, I don't remember the, I think the, the 509th is in the U.S. and um, 1-4, 1st Battalion, 4th Infantry Regiment. Um, not the Marines, people, a lot of people know the Marine 1-4, but the Army also has a 1st Battalion, 4th Infantry Regiment. Um, okay. Over in Germany, they have two, I think it's 3-4 and 1-4. I, I could be mistaken. And those units take care of the Op 4. Um, they go through um, an academy to learn how to be bad guys, how to build like basic IEDs, how to use um, like AKs and PKMs and RPKs and stuff, and a, a little bit of um, what enemy TTPs can be. Um, so this, um, then, sorry, um, these are abbreviations. So going from weaponry to like actual tactical approaches right. to dealing with yeah. the opposition. Yes. Right. Well, right. Cause you, you can't, it's hard to play the bad guy. If you don't know, if you don't learn a little bit of what they do or, you know, some of their, their tools and how they act. Mm. Um, so, but when we would get assigned, like, Hey, you're going, we're going to do this, this, uh, FTX, we're playing, um, let's say we're, we're playing uh terrorist or whatever, Afghanis. And we get, like literal uh, packets of people we're going to play. Like, hey, you're going to be Ahmed Muhammad of Sabari. So, like in Afghanistan, a lot of the time, their names um, kind of like how uh, Europeans used to do. Um, like, you know, thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago, they would you would be named a uh, baker because you were a son of a baker, um, or you were the baker. So they do the same thing, except it's like geographical. So like Sabari is actually a a district or like a province in Afghanistan. Okay. Um, it's over and it's like, it's like in coast. And then you got Sabari district. Um, coast is a province. Um, and so sometimes you'll, you are most of the time you'll find like, it'll be like their surname, the family name, and then the place they come from. Um, yeah. And uh, that's generally how they, how they do names for the most part. I'm sure they have tribes that do different names. Um, I mean, I was going to say, I was like, I, I didn't even ask because I don't want to, you know, touch on any uh, uh, memory where it goes sideways. But, you know, no, no, no. You're, what, you're is, what is what is like a few memories of being, you know, in that position of serving and like probably being overseas? Like, what, you, what you do know, you know, I can tell most? you know, I can tell you why a lot of us like it over there because I'm sure that a lot of people do have that question. It's a very simple life for the most part, right? We leave, we leave the U.S., go to Afghanistan, but we leave a lot of responsibility behind here in the U.S. We don't have car bills for the most, at the time, um, we didn't have a whole lot of the cell phone technology at the time. You didn't have cell phone bills. You didn't have car bills to worry about. You didn't have rent to pay, worry about. Those who are had families, they don't have to worry about, for the most part, 
um, the, the, taking their kids to school, taking them to medical appointments or any of that. All they had to worry about was uh, working out, getting food, and when their next patrol was. And any downtime, if they're going to play, we had Xbox or we had a, a little theater over there, um, go see a movie. Or, you know, obviously a bootleg movie, but we go see a movie. Um, so, and that's some of my best memories were really, were just hanging out with the rest of my, my friends, but guys left and right of me, the rest of the soldiers that were there. Um, and I deployed with the 101st to Afghanistan and, um, one of the, some of the hardest memories were Overwatch. Because as Overwatch, um, as a scout, you can't do a whole lot sometimes, depending on how you're conducting Overwatch. Because Overwatch, you're providing security. You can also provide security Overwatch um, in closer range, so you have the ability to use firearms to um, provide security. But oftentimes, we were using other types of optics to provide that type of Overwatch. And if something happens, like there's outside of you trying to give a warning over the radio, there's not a whole lot you can do. Mm. Um, so that um, that can bring a lot of emotion Definitely. to people. Yeah. I would um, say psychologically even more so. Yeah, you you get a, you get quite a few people, especially those, um, they, they get a lot of survivor's guilt and it, it gets tough to navigate. And sometimes people don't even understand that that's what they're experiencing. I think that's the that's the hardest part is identifying that they're having that issue. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to say typically once they identify the issue, a soldier, if they have an issue, because not every soldier has has issues. Right. Um, uh, oftentimes, um, soldiers who come from a civilian background of either like poverty or you know they come from gang life quite a few people from gang life join the military to escape gangs um mm -hmm. they they usually tend to not do as bad as far as like um having a hard time with their emotions i, I guess okay. you could say they they typically have thicker skin um i think in reality, they're just better at compartmentalizing their emotions. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I guess and they also tend to learn how to just move on. That's the hard part too for some people is learning just how to how to move on I because some people think the emotion goes away, and that's what they try to strive for is make that emotion that they're experiencing from time to time just not ever happen again but once they realize it's more or less learning to that the, the emotion or the pain they're experiencing um will always be there it just they learn how to cope with it right i would yeah be curious because i like you said not everybody transitions in a fashion where they might need some additional help I mean, for you to even pick up a job and, you know, become an insurance agent, um, it doesn't really sound to me that you had much of a difficult transition, but 
you know, being in that realm and, and then coming off of it and becoming, for lack of better words, a civilian, you know, you know, how, how does that, how can you speak on that? Um, you know, actually the hardest part for me was I, I didn't have that paycheck coming in anymore. Once I left the military, I, um, I didn't realize how hard that was or how easy I think I had it because, you know, I was that pretty much a, as a government worker, you know, as a soldier, you're always getting that, that base pay. It's always coming. You got your first and the 15th of the month paycheck. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, when I was at E3, um, my base pay was $1,793.59. That's when I got in the, in wow. the military. So okay. that, and that it broken down, you know, broken down, you know, between the first and the 15th, because it pretty much splits it in half. It's like seven seven hundred dollars or something like every two weeks mm -hmm. coming in and and it just goes up not a whole lot from there and um that was the hard part for me was uh trying to figure out how to okay um i don't have that money coming anymore how do i make more money right um so yeah that was not like that was more of a shock because i didn't have to deal with that for eight years um yeah so, yeah, I had to get used to that. Okay, so. Um, also, also not having, because every day, Monday to Friday, yeah, I'm, at, I'm at work from like 5, 5.30 to like 7 or 8 o'clock at night. So I'm always around like-minded people, other soldiers. So that also I had to get used to. Um, that actually I still have. Um, I find myself. When I see other veterans, yeah, definitely I talk them up because um, bring it just brings back that old old familiar feel of being in the military. That yeah, no, it sounds like you guys have established you know a community, a family amongst yourselves, even people you obviously have or have not served alongside with, but because you have that level of familiarity, it's like it's almost if you knew their story. So. I'm I'm happy to hear that you guys are, you know, uh, I'm imagining you're still in touch with some of your uh, comrades, if you will. Yes, um, I, I still talk to a few from time, from time to time. There's some that I've kept friendships with. Um, another friend of mine um, who's also an actor now, um, I have been friends with him since I was in Germany from 2010 to 2000, uh, late 2012. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's going on, gosh, 12, 12, 10, 12 years now. Um, time just goes by. And, uh, wow. you know, and the other reason why I ended up in insurance was it was really like the first employer who took a big interest in me. Mm. Um, and I get, you know, I get it commission. So it, commission jobs have um, high revolving doors. So they're always looking for people. Right. But um, I was really eager to you know get to work um because i just didn't want to have that that downtime excuse me that downtime of like either having no money or i, I don't know getting used to ha just not doing work that that really scared me too yeah so well you to me um sound like such a hard worker um i'm just gonna take a quick break and then we can uh come back in and uh, talk a little bit more about this acting and how you became an agent. <laughs> okay. 
Awesome. And now a word from our sponsor. You've been tuning in to Heart on Fire podcast, and I hope you've been enjoying it just as much as I have. And if you want to show some love, please do on whatever platform you are tuning in, even including on my social media pages, Instagram, heartonfire.podcast. Uh, excuse that humming in the background. I was feeling a little bit more joyful this morning. But anyways, I just want to say that you are awesome. And now back to our regular scheduled program. All right. So, um, Tim, you've told us so much about your life story. I want to fast forward um, into the part where you delve into acting and soon becoming an agent. Uh, yeah. I don't know where you want to begin on that, but feel free to start. Um, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Please do. Uh, I mean, uh, because I was I wasn't being honest. Okay. Be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Uh, you know what? This is um, this is an interesting journey I've been on so far. It's, um, I started off with Talent Inc. Right? Yeah. Where I met you. Yeah, you did and, meet um, me at Talent Inc. And how long ago was that? Oh my God! You know what? What was that? 2020? Was that 2020 or 2021? It was totally 2021. <laughs> okay. Whew. I was like, I was about, I was about to start kicking myself. Don't worry. I actually know this part about the footnotes. It's August, 2021. Yeah. We met there. Okay. In, that, in yes, Florida. that's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> and no, you know what? That was such an experience. Um, 100%. And yeah, what was your experience like? Because I obviously know what it, what it felt like for me. I, you know, that was my first time ever doing anything like that. Um, I didn't understand. I mean, I knew the series in the back of my head. I knew like, because because the director laid it out um, on kind of who the kind of people were going to be there. Mm -hmm. I just didn't understand the level of like, I guess talent scouts, agents, managers that were going to be in attendance. I didn't get right. that until, um, who did I see first? It was the, it was the, the talent scout for, um, I think it was evolution. Okay. And I actually recognized who he was. I was like, holy crap. I know who that is. And I know who they represent. I'm like, okay. Like literally like the, the bottom of my stomach just fell out. Oh, wow. I was like, yeah, no, seriously. I was just like, oh, all right. Better tighten up. You know, I don't know. I, in my head, I was like, all right, dot, dot the dot the, uh, dot the T's, cross the I's. Yeah. And <laughs> we'll say it backwards in your case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I did my absolute best to make sure I was on not, I guess, making sure my best foot was forward. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, shout out and, to Rachel Murray, uh, since we're on the topic of talenting. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? Such a she's she's so great. She's um, amazing. Her, her and her husband, Fran, they're they're such great people. Um, I love them. Um, you wouldn't believe even when even when I auditioned for talenting, the I was I was so anxious. Yeah, what was your audition? Um, I well, I did mine on uh, Zoom and. 
there was, I think there was a good like 40 people with attendance on the Zoom. Mm-hmm. And I heard quite a few of the auditions. It was a Sears commercial, something actually in my mind's really simple to, to read and memorize. And I actually read it. This was, this was just, yeah, she did. She, Rachel did give us like a class on how to read a script as, as doing like a, a script like read. A cold yeah. read. Yeah. Um, and she, I really didn't have like a, like now I, I have like techniques in mind on, on how I like to create characters and how I like to read things. But I, at the time, I just imagined telling a friend and that's how I read it, was telling, how I would tell a friend. And obviously she liked it, but waiting, I think I waited like four hours for a callback from her or uh, Josh. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was Josh who called me back. He's like, hey, they, and he likes to draw things out ever so slightly because he did the same thing. He's hey, calling you back. And <laughs> I'm waiting and he's like, and you know, you did your thing and you know, you, you read it and we liked it. I was just like, why did you say it like that? I was like, waiting. Wow. I was like, oh no, we didn't like it. But you know, the whole time though, I, I did, I actually didn't have the expectation in my mind that I, I even did well. Oh, um, there was, there were so many other people who did so much better than I did. And I was just like, wow, um, they're definitely way better than me. I don't even know what I'm doing. And to be honest, mm-hmm. um, I, I found the talent ink on Facebook and I think it was because Facebook. Facebook. Was... Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't even remember how I came across it. I was just, I know I was, um, actually I think it was because my, my buddy from Germany was posting some of his stuff and I was looking at going to school for, for acting. I was like, how oh, much okay. does that cost? I was just curious. And then it just kind of came across my face. I was, you know, death scrolling Facebook, like, oh, oh, what's this? And I, I was like, you know what? What do I have to lose? Literally, I I requested the audition, yeah. slot to audition, and I auditioned like six hours later. Like it was that quick. Wow. Like it was literally last minute. Like there was no plan. There was no like, I'm going to do this. It was last minute. Dang. Okay. I can't say that that was my experience, but I can only imagine how much it was such a thrilling, you know, feel for you. It was like riding a roller coaster. Awesome. <laughs> and yeah. And then being at Town Inc., that was some, some, one, I don't think I've ever been in a place with so many supportive people, just happy yes. to be there happy to meet each other Super. you know yes we were competing against each other in a way but it was like hey we're, we're all we're rooting for you we hope we get it too but we want to see you succeed too mm-hmm. and I really loved that energy it was yeah. so yeah it was so supportive I just remember like like you said I mean the competing part was like you know for awards and medals and maybe scholarships at the at, at most but honestly just being there like I mean irrespective of that whether or not getting picked up by agents I was just floored by the community and the creative um you know interest that everybody had at large you know just bringing all their talents to the table I was just I was just blown away by the talent that was out there and I 
Yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm still getting like goosebumps just thinking about, you know, our experience. <laughs> right. Um, and I mean, I'm sure you remember, I, I, you were in you, my breakout you, room. So like clearly we oh, did yeah. have our intimate <laughs> group moments. <laughs> um, and, uh, no, you know what? And it was, it was an exhilarating experience. And after that, I actually got signed by Mannequin on that first because I went to telling twice um oh yeah that's right you did tell me that yes yes because our our small group of people remember we are our friends that we made and we were having like that we would all go to talent Inc. at the same time a second time I was already signed up before I even left okay yeah I had already talked to Rachel (laughs) dang you were just like ready to just stick your feet back in the Um, water that's so cool though and uh well that was before I I even that was before I was signed by anybody because I got signed by Mannequin like, like a week later. Okay. Um, before I talked to her, that, I already talked to Rachel about possibly coming back a second time. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, yeah, I ended up going back in July. So what were that your thoughts cool. that like moved you to go back a second time? I'm say that again. Like what was the, the reasoning that the mode of that, would propel you to go um, for a second time one it was an exhilarating experience mm-hmm. two um I actually didn't think that when I first talked to Rachel that um I was like seen as interest by any of the agents mm-hmm. because one the the fire by the there was no fire in my belly to do this until I talked to, I'm not going to name the agent, okay. um, and but I talked to them and the, their first question, it was the third agent I ever, like, you know, the, the, the interview circle we did. Yeah. And they asked me what I, how, what did I want to do in this industry? Mm-hmm. And they were the first one to actually ask that question. The rest of them were more curious about my military background yeah um and i i actually i was really stunned because i at that point i hadn't even thought about it and i said you know what i could see myself doing like action movies or something along the lines of military roles yeah and they laughed at me Hmm. i don't know i don't yeah they laughed at me and um, so i think it caught them by surprise because i you know, I don't, it wasn't like I was beating around the bush. That's pretty much like direct, yeah, I want to do action movies. Yeah. You know, but I wasn't saying I want to be the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. I want to be the next Tom Cruise or sure. uh, whoever else is doing action movies. I was just like, hey, like I have, I have real life skills yeah. that could be used on a movie set. And I could either be helping people learn some of these skills so it can be more realistic on set. Yeah. Because I, I as a military veteran, sometimes it, it really irks me when I watch military movies and i can see ribbons out of order i can see oh. uniforms yeah <laughs> uniforms are like okay i know for a fact that that doesn't look like that even if it's a different branch um or yeah. their their own reactions but um going back to them laughing at me at that moment i knew i had to do like okay this is this is, i'm doing this i'm going to show them i'm going to show them that i can do this and believe it or not, the first 
the first or the second thing I got to was um, a bit of an action movie. Um, and uh, the first thing wasn't, it was a soap opera, but, um, okay. and uh, no, no, that's when the fire in my, the fire in my gut was lit, like boom, furnace is on. And from then on, it, it threw off the rest of my interviews, actually. I was just like, so bothered by it. Um, it doesn't bother me now. I laugh at it now because yeah. I'm, really, I'm really thankful. Had they not done that, I don't know if I would have been so driven like I am today. I am. Yeah. That's so good. No, if I um, may, I mean, I think maybe in their thoughts, I, I'm just, you know, playing advocate here that having been through that experience of military, it's like, oh, this person probably wants to do something different with their lives. That's probably why they're here. But it's uh, curious that you are actually drawing from your actual experience in life and actually utilizing it so as if it doesn't die. You know, if you don't use it, you lose it. And you're actually to the to your point that like you could teach people, you know, what you've learned. And so that that knowledge, you know, doesn't die with you. So I think that's really cool. No, no, it really is. And I, you know, I, when I was, a, I was a non-commissioned officer in the army um, when I left, when I left and the thing I really enjoyed the most was mentoring younger soldiers and teaching them, teaching them things. But yeah, no, when, when they asked me that question, um, it, for the first, yeah, for the first time, I, I really like the, the, the cogs, the wheels in my brain just stopped like, oh, <laughs> that is a good question. And so I just, you know, I just kind of gave the best answer I could think of at at the time. Like, yeah, what do I want to do? I mean, like today, I want to do, um, like, I want to do more TV acting. Okay. And I eventually want to be TV host, like a late night host. I hear that. Um, Yeah, and I have. I wouldn't say like it's a huge passion, but I can really see myself doing it. And I really believe in, in imagining yourself doing something before it actually happens and yeah. trying to, you know, think it into fruition. Um, but yeah, no, I really, really see myself doing that. Um, so I love these aspirations that you're sharing. This is yeah, like no. so good. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like people, you know, are doing whatever they're doing in their life and then if someone would check them be like you know so what do you see yourself doing in five ten years in the future like I love how you're just putting it out there you know you know maybe manifesting as we speak (laughs) right no even now like even even wasn't even until like six months ago I I started viewing myself like hey I want to be a producer one day I actually want to produce something well, and, uh, I will keep that in mind. Um, Tim, Tim, you be uh, a producer of mine on a future project. Got it. <laughs> um, and well, I've I've been told that I have a good eye for for things like, when it comes like even directing. When it comes to things, I've been told. Um, even you, uh, with you taking those pictures in inside of the that hotel there. Yeah. Um, saying I have a good eye for some things. So. Yeah, and and to to the point of what you're referencing, uh, photography. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I've even you know I've I've did some research on on you know skills and whatnot a director needs. Um, you know who 
really impressed me Ooh. on directing. And she wasn't even a director. She was just the lead. It was Elizabeth Banks on their, yeah, Zach Alvinakis and Elizabeth Banks movie, The Beanie Bubble. Um, wow. I'm, I'm one of the background in there, but I was used right up in front of the, the camera. So I was only in like maybe three scenes mm-hmm. and they couldn't use me anymore. But in the their one of their opening scenes, um, I'm not going to give away the, the thing, but no spoiler alert. <laughs> Zach was dressed in an odd way, and they were having a hard time. The the uh, cinematographers with their lenses trying to decide on a lens because they were actually shooting a bunch of aspects. Like this quick, you understand this 30 second scene was going into like the fourth hour of shooting yeah because they're shooting different they're shooting different depths and they're trying to figure out the best lens yes to shoot it with absolutely and uh, elizabeth just boom popped in and was just talking shop at that time i had no idea what she shot i'm like holy crap <laughs> she went yeah i i went from experiencing experiencing some of her small talk talking about what she's going to do after we're shooting to what she's you know hungry right because everyone's hungry everyone needs everyone has to go to the bathroom right Um, (laughs) and now she's just talking shop she's talking like technical stuff and I still don't understand some of this I mean I understand some of it now yeah on the technical like vocabulary side I still don't understand Mm -hmm. um like really what she was talking about but it was directors like yeah boom you you I think you're right and then yeah She's and just going I, down the shot list and just calling right, it as she sees it. Right. No, she understood all the all, all that stuff. And I actually at that point didn't even know she she had directed some things um up to that point. I thought she had just, you know, had produced some things along with being um an actress. Mm-hmm. And uh no, and it was just at that point, it was I saw a whole new side of her. It was super impressive. That's and cool. both those both those guys. Uh, probably still to this day, the most professional people I have got to see work. Um, cool. Yeah. Like, even their stand-ins didn't do a whole lot of work. They did a lot of that stuff themselves. Hmm. Um, and I mean, I mean you, you see sometimes too, some some people let the stand-ins do the, the stand-in stuff. Right. Um, because there's reasons, right? They have to go get wardrobe. They have to go... Re- you know, refresh on the, the uh, script that they're about to shoot because yes. they never shoot they never shoot in order, so it's really hard to remember what you're supposed to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, that and, and obviously uh, getting the right framing, you know. Right, right framing. They got to do lighting. <laughs> they got to do all this other stuff, and you know, right while you're getting wardrobe, the stand-ins got to be there for the lighting and the eye line and all that stuff. Um, yeah, you you just want the actors to just simply focus on the acting and what's being called of for the scene, which sounds very simple but when there's so many technical aspects of you know especially if it's a multi-shot camera you know you got to be aware you know where everything's happening it's it's a very intricate um process for sure (laughs) right um and the no no it it really is an intricate process and and this last year alone i've (sighs) probably 35 maybe 40 sets I've been different sets I've been on wow and and most of these sets are are 
placed where? He, uh, in Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay, got yeah. it. Yes. Right. You did um, say that. <laughs> Before. Yes. In our talk, um, not this talk. <laughs> yeah, there was one I did up up by Nashville though, mm. and an independent film. Sorry, and an independent film I did out in South Carolina. <laughs> that was like a year travel. ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I am not unwilling to travel to do any of this work. Um, I think that's part of the fun. Yeah. And now like, going into like my, my agent's mannequin talent mm -hmm. agency. Yeah. What's uh, it like being a part of, of that family? Family. That is the best way to describe it. Like it's super wholesome mm -hmm. working with Rich and Amy. Um, yeah. I remember them. Those. They were quite colorful characters and, 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 and people that had such a open mind and heart as far as you know the what? way they relay themselves. They have they have one of the most splendid personalities I've ever come across. Mm -hmm. um, and I probably one of the most, they are some of the most humbling people to be around as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the first things out of their mouths to anyone is nothing but compliments or or you know awesome always talking good things to the people they're talking with or always trying to add value to somebody and um i don't i mean i've i've definitely told them but learning you know basic leadership stuff in the military that's like they they are definitely good leaders to emulate in this industry yeah um, and yeah no seriously like I I couldn't have been more blessed to be signed by them and now working as a for them. Um, That's so good. I was gonna say, like, um, what has been your most favorite project since you've been a part of Mannequin? <laughs> oh, so my okay. Um, it's really hard to say because each project I've been a part has its I know. own. So, <laughs> so the first one, it's the movie's coming out. It's okay, top three uh, if you had to. Okay. Uh definitely gonna be working on Kirsten Dunst's movie Civil War at A24. Um that is supposed to come out, I think, in the spring that's coming up. What um, made it special for you? I played the role of a soldier. And <laughs> yes. And um, I mean, I did a lot of the scenes um, and several of the other people, there was only like five or six of us that were really selected to be in a, a bunch of scenes and then a bunch of other background. Mm -hmm. um, so I was, I was really, I felt really blessed to have something like that so quick mm -hmm. in my acting career. Cause I've been told several times, like having those kind of jobs is that soon in someone's acting career or getting booked for that is not as common yeah um and i think i was on set for like 45 days 40 days something like that oh, okay. yeah because they we shot a lot of it in downtown atlanta um a lot of scenes in downtown atlanta mm -hmm. um and then we shot um out in the countryside at a someone's like country farm or ranch beautiful ranch out by the Chattahoochee cool. um, lots of mosquitoes um it oh was yeah super mosquitoes hot. of course <laughs> yeah, it was super oh, hot it was I think yeah I think we were finishing up 
Ooh. Yeah, we were finishing up in in July or end July, August. So yeah. Because I attended Talent the second time in July. Yes. I even I didn't even find out I was booked for this role until I was already like getting to Talent Inc. I'm like, oh my God, Rachel, I have a fitting to do. <laughs> so I signed into Talent Inc. the second time and and then I missed the whole first day of Talent Inc. Oops. Doing, no, no, Rachel knew. Like she yeah. was like, no, 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 go, go do that. That's that's what you are doing this for. Right. <laughs> you missed the first day. And so yeah, I went down to where did I have to do the fitting? Because it's Talent and yeah, it was in Atlanta. I was in Orlando, so I drove from from Orlando up to Atlanta, did my fitting, and then drove back um, that same night back to uh orlando like it was a super long it was like a 20 26 hour day i think for me and then i got three hours of sleep and then i was uh, in attendance not late to day two of talent wow that's nuts all right so what are some what's another uh top favorite project of yours um let me think for a second um, I, I actually, several seconds. <laughs> I want to say, I want to say working on all the Queens men produced by Tyler Perry. Ooh, you got to work with um, Tyler Perry. That's amazing. Yes. Um, What's it like working for him? Uh, he, he puts you to work, um, but <laughs> I come from that background. I am. No, I'm not foreign no to, hard work. to that. Yeah, no, no. So, um, most days working for him, it's definitely a full anywhere from nine to 12 hours. Most days, sometimes it goes over longer. Okay, but if you're if you're working for Tyler Perry, you're definitely putting in a full day's work. I hear um, that. And, and um, he, he believe it or not, him and Alex Garland. Um, because Alex Garland's first, I think, thing directing, which was the the movie I talked about with Kirsten Dunst, mm-hmm. that was his first, I think, directing alone. Okay. But him, him and uh, Tyler Perry have a lot in common in how they think when I'm when I'm observing them. So like Alex loves to take the script and then he wants to add more to it or he wants to change something all the time. Okay. And I know to I know to some people that could be super frustrating because, um. You've rehearsed things. You have your your marks down, or you you think you have your marks down. The next thing you know, it's like, okay, we're doing this now. We're doing this. Wait, what? Um, okay, when do I? I have this to say. When do I say? Wait, I'm doing this now. Okay, but Tyler Perry is very much the same way. Okay, he has the script in mind, and he will literally start walking around um, his sets, but like. Boom, and I was parking lot as a movie set. Like, all right, we're moving this crane. We're going to move this boat over here. Hey, get these cars. We're moving these cars over here. I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I think then that's what I appreciate the most is because you're, for me, I'm watching an artist, you know, paint a picture. Mm-hmm. Some people don't see it that way. I see it very much that way. He's painting a picture, right? But it's a moving yeah. picture. Um, and he's he's got like, he's thinking like several scenes ahead. Yeah. And maybe even maybe even episodes ahead, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do wow. this. And this ties in, you know, down the road um, with certain things. And, yeah. yeah, that sounds like a very dynamic individual to be able to 
see things as moving parts. And then like, like you said, it could be just, you know, for that moment or just like going into the next moment, which isn't necessarily in sequential order or otherwise. Right. Because sometimes, you know, a lot of us on set are left in the dark and Tyler Perry is marching around giving orders especially people who work background <laughs> right right and everyone's like what's going on what are we doing even productions like oh you, i can see the frustration on especially the cinematographer's face just like i can see like the <laughs> everything melt from their face they're taking their deep breaths right you got the um they're, they're trying to figure out okay how the heck am i supposed to do lighting here like, yeah we have nothing set up yet like they have no they have no like color or whatever. Like, it's like prepared. make it work, make it work. Right. No, no, seriously, he's that that those that's verbatim almost what he says. Like we're we're going to do it. Um, we're, we're doing it live. Like we're doing it like this. Make it work. Make it work. Uh okay. You heard, you heard the man. We're making it work. Right, right. You can see the electricians are just like we have to. What now? Okay. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so we're not going to lunch. Okay, we're 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 going overtime in this situation. Great. <laughs> no, I hear that. All right. So rounding out, what uh, what's uh your last uh of your top three? Who I would say working on the project abducted in plain sight. I'm pretty sure that's what it's going to be called. Okay. Um, but there is, I use my phone to record. Um, there you go. <laughs> um, no, I, I was going to, I was going to look it up right quick, but um trying to remember a lot of it. The, the person in question that's like abducted by, there's already a docuseries and documentaries out. This is just one directed by the person who firsthand experience. Okay. Um, I, I can't remember her name. I should, I, but okay. <laughs> um, I'll admit it's not the best paying um, mm -hmm. project I've, I've been on. Actually, I think it's at the bottom as far as pay payment goes. Um, but what but drew you to it? Because she's she was the one in question. It was it's about a cult who abducted a, a twelve year old and fourteen year old girl, same girl, just abducted twice mm -hmm. through persuading her parents to be a part of this cult interesting um and this was back in like the 70s and it happened in minnesota um but um i don't remember why she was doing it herself i i know that she just wasn't really happy with the previous products that okay. were put out um I wish I got a chance to interview her because, but really it was like, okay, wait, I'm about to be part of a project, right? And this is like cult stuff, um, the psychology of terrorism, yeah. terrorist, psychology of serial killers really, really, really interests me. And so I was like, I get to be a part of something like someone experienced firsthand, like they're directing this, the stuff. So I was like, I get to be part of that. Okay. Um, but I mean, there are some notable names. Uh, Colin Hanks was um, on set. So was Anna Paquin. Um, awesome. And uh, both both great people. Um, actually, I didn't even recognize Colin at first. Um, I knew the voice, though. Right? Oh, he okay. shares his he shares a lot of his dad's voice. 
um, a lot of the, um, I guess, what would you call it? The, uh, I don't know. He, his, his, right. Tom Hanks, his voice is a little bit higher, but it's, they got right. the same like guttural pitch. And I was okay. like, I know that. Um, but Collins is like slightly higher than his dad's. Fair enough. Um, but the cadence, the cadence, that's what the word I'm looking for. Right. The cadence is exactly the same. It's like, I know that voice. And so <laughs> Collins like dressed up in a bunch of different makeup and facial prosthetics. So I was like, but ah. you can kind of tell. I was like, I know that face. So he was in um, aesthetics. That's why I was like wondering. I was like, how would you not recognize him? I was like, okay, so he's not exactly portraying his self. It's right. A- he, um, he plays uh, the father. Yeah. Because okay. I play, I play two characters, and I play the the one of the fire chiefs, as well as one of the airline pilots. In that, that's super neat. Docu- yeah, and it's a docu series, so it was two different episodes. Um, and but watching how they were doing things in that one, right? We were doing everything in the seventies. All right, so yeah, how do you transition between like being an actor and all of a sudden now you're like an agent? How does that happen? Um, well, I, I let slip to Amy. She's one of, she's one of, um, she's the owner of Mannequin, um, her and Rich, mm-hmm. that I was interested in this side of the business. Um, and actually, to be honest, uh, Rachel from Talent Inc. helped that come to fruition too. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty, and so they they gave me a little at the second talenting or it was a third talenting i went to watch a friend i wasn't there in attendance as as a talent i went to watch a friend mm-hmm. and i actually didn't know that my agents were going to be there as well oh yeah because i i just asked rachel like hey can i come watch as a guest and she said yes so um yeah so i got me a wristband to, as a guest and then I ran right into Amy. And then mm-hmm. um, I saw Rich not so long after that. And then yeah. they're just like, hey, you want to sit up at the, at the, you know, the judges table with us? I was like, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, no, and then they started talking to me about that side of the business. Like, no, this side is like so interesting. And then you got to talk it. And then here I am. Um, they they started, so cool. they asked me if I could do more. And I said, yes, I'll be willing to do more. But mm-hmm. they felt that I've been on set enough, on, on productions enough to know kind of what it takes. And um, they, they said that I do have a, like a natural act at knowing what talent that they're yeah. interested um, to represent. So they were, you know, trusting enough to allow me to become a scout for mannequin talent agencies. And oh, that's amazing. It it is just that's as such much an as an honor, you. dude. I'm I mean, like, you know, uh, it's just you, as much as to the was. point of where you're at. You're like, why am I here? And then someone challenges me, why um, am I even going to this industry? And then all of a sudden, now you're you're scouting. I'm like, bro, like, um, no, you know what? I I when people ask like, what are you doing these days? Like, literally, the first thing that goes through my head is like, I'm just doing things. <laughs> um i i wish right i you know you you get to you get to our age and you're like i wish there was a game plan but really you you just do things and things just kind of fall in place um yeah. and no it's i i'm actually going to another event 
event this weekend. Mm -hmm. um, it's a continuation of an event I just did this other weekend or the previous weekend called Barbizon. Um, huge, oh, huge event. You yes. took part in Barbizon? Uh, yes, it's just event? like counting. Holy cow. Okay. Um, it's, yeah, there's, uh, I think there was about 500 talent in attendance, a little over 500. Um, and there's going to be just as much as next weekend. Um, and like the week before that, I was at um, NAM or I uh, was it National American Miss, International American Miss, or there's a lot for you to take in. I understand. There's a lot to process. Right. <laughs> asked me to be be in attendance, and I was naive enough to not really look up this event. But she just said it was a large event. I just didn't know how large it was, or or how far reaching it was. But yeah, that was all. That was like there was probably a thousand talent there, and it's it's a pageant that they also have talent events. And that's what I was there for. But wow. that was an amazing experience in and of itself. Um, that was down in, that was also in Orlando at the Hyatt Regency. Um, okay. And ironically, the Hyatt Regency is the largest um, as far as like event space in the world. And mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it, it takes like 10 minutes to walk around this place. Wow. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was staying there and I thought, okay event starting in like 10 minutes no I was barely like on time to stuff so, okay I gotta leave it you gotta leave a 20 minutes from your room right there's no waiting for elevators the elevators are great there's like seven like four different core elevators for this hotel so like there's no waiting for elevators it was just a massive 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 place I um, I bet it sounds like a huge convention center for all I know no yeah it, it huge like I think I think there's probably close to okay. 2,500 to 3,000 people that were actually there in total. Wow. Maybe even a little more. Yeah. Well, it goes to show, you know, how many people are willing to, you know, partake their life into this kind of craft. And, you know, it's, it's something that I'm so thankful that I get to be a part of. I'm pretty sure you feel the same way and you get to see and unravel how everybody, you know, shares their talents right and you know you know what even other agents other scouts other managers mm -hmm. like all their life stories are just as interesting as i get to meet them um some have similar stories of mine some have you know long careers working either in production or acting themselves or modeling a lot of them are like previous models themselves um and they just found themselves on you know, our side of the uh, table as yeah. a scout managing, kind of like I did, just out of interest, and then they just really liked it. That's um, so cool. And no, you, it's, especially being around that, the kind of talent that I see all the time, mm -hmm. and I know for a fact, they are 100% way more talent. I, like, they have so much more talent than me. Like, I, I can do, like, stuff, but <laughs> I watch these people perform, right? They're playing like beautiful piano pieces and they're okay. singing at the same time as they're playing and, or they're getting up there playing like um, a electric guitar right. and you know, belting a song, I'm like, holy crap. And just, I'm just like blown away. And, and, and seeing where I'm at, and seeing where I'm at, I'm just extremely blessed yeah. to, to be where I'm at. Um, so that that does not, escape me any day 
Yeah, no, I, I I can totally sense that. I mean, you get to witness, you know, people's gifts unravel before your eyes and, you know, nothing short of what you come on. I was like, you could probably, you know, head a whole army and you would know exactly how to position people. That's like, that's a talent because, you know, to be able to corral <laughs> people, especially yeah. being on a set, you already know how, how crucial and that skill can be let alone if you call it a talent or a gift. But I, I like to think that you are gifted and talented in your own right. But yeah, seeing well, other I, I, people I appreciate that. <laughs> showcase different talents is also, you know, to the point, it, it's, it's an awe-inspiring um, moment and moments that you get to, you know, witness. No, no, it really is. I Watching all these people display their talents is it's super fun. But again, it's to be able to witness all of that often is awe-inspiring yeah like, I, don't, I don't know how best to explain it because like like there's some of the talent even from like the 10 12 13 year old kids that get up there and perform on stage it's like wow mm -hmm. they are they are this good at this young like yes. how how great are they going to be at 25 when they're right. 35 45 years old okay and you know, and when they get to that age, I was like, man, I won't even be around the scene with them at their best. Who um, knows, man? It, but but to like know these people, to meet them, to watch them perform is is just amazing. I love that. I love that for you. And and obviously being uh where you're at and now scouting, I was like, if you have some words of advice, you know, for those who are aspiring to be, you know, an actor or a model or you know, somebody who wants to just share their talents, what what would you say to them? Um, I would say, and it was something I was taught back in high school when I was a wrestler um, by my cousin. And he always taught me, there's always someone better. Um, so whenever you, you walk into a room, don't ever think for a moment that you're the best there is. There's always someone better. So always have that open mind to learn from them or learn something new. Um, and for those that are, you know, currently in the trenches fighting, I mean, I'm still, I still feel like I'm in the trenches fighting as far Literally as like, figuratively. <laughs> right. Um, and I would say hard work pays off. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people, yeah. even myself, try to figure out, you know, try to let our, our lazy sides like, hey, how would lazy Tim do this? Um, I would, I would say like it, that lazy Tim couldn't do this um, or mm -hmm. any of this. Like hard work pays off. Um, in this industry, everyone notices your work, your work ethic before your talent. Mm -hmm. um, right? They don't. They don't care if you can act. They don't care if you can sing. They just want to see if you're coachable and if you're able to work hard. Mm -hmm. That's that's like huge okay. if you can do those two yeah if the, you can do those two you're high up on a list somewhere right on. And, um, if you have a dream until you start putting foundations down it'll always remain a dream yeah but if you're if you're putting foundation down if you're putting the work in your dreams start becoming plans yeah and yeah. i think people have to always have that in, in their minds yeah, you have a dream, put a foundation together, go to work, work hard. I love that. No, that's super good. I, I definitely take 
you know, those anecdotes and I've probably been putting that to work. And so, you know, talk about manifesting, um, you know, I, I didn't see myself, you know, being where I'm at in the entertainment industry and I still have so much growth and I know you too. So I look forward to seeing your projects. Like how do, how does one go about following Timothy LaForce? Um, literally that's my, that's my handle on Instagram. Um, okay. And it, I got super lucky when I was looking for it on Instagram. I was like, oh, that's, that's available. No digits, yeah. no numbers after it. Um, that's, that's the only social media that I have uh, okay. for right now. I, I did have a Twitter, but you know what? I, I didn't like Twitter to begin with okay. um, because uh, when I first had it, gosh, years ago, you couldn't, you couldn't like put so much in a post, right? Yeah. And I, I'm not one to post a whole lot anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do follow a lot of other people and I, I, I comment often on other people's posts, but I, I, I am interactive. So if anyone follows me on Instagram and wants to ask me a question generally within like a day or two, I can get to like answering their question or interacting with them in some way. Awesome. Well, if anything, we at the Heart and Fire podcast and, and uh, listeners and viewers at large, uh, we look forward to seeing you in action, <laughs> literally. And <laughs> I look forward to when we get to actually work on a project together because it was it was such a treat to be, you know, alongside with you at Talent Inc. And I got to witness, you know, you in the flesh of what it's like to see your acting just, you know, immensely increase between you and Josh. It was it was so cool watching you guys on stage. I loved it. Loved every moment. You know what? That right. Our, that was exhilarating. And yes. again, I can't wait to work with you. I think it'd be so much fun. 100%. Um, I don't know. I don't even know what project we would be on together, but it would just be fun. Yeah, I know. I, I that's I, I'm in that same wave space, uh, wavelength, if you will, and uh, in due time, in due time. I mean, you already said you want to be a producer, so clearly I got to put you on as a producer on one of these joints. So, <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, and I want to just thank everyone who's been tuning in. We appreciate all the love and support that you guys have given onto us, and we look forward to uh, sharing more with you all. All right, take care. Bye. Bye.